Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. As we get into the Word, uh, now you can... I'm gonna transition, thank you for giving me that moment. You know, um, as we approach our Independence Day celebrations and then we see the merging of the Juneteenth celebration, you can see that when it comes to freedom and history, some people had um, typically been excluded from it and weren't able to enjoy it. And, it, and it sometimes that's evil and and sometimes it's just unintended, and sometimes it's because certain people in society become invisible to us. You're not meaning to actually be hurtful on one end, but you know, your lack of e e emotional connection or cultural connection or connection of any kind and how other people can be introduced to your life can, can cause you, um, them to be in front of you and you not even see them. I was telling someone, I was recalling, each of us have had grade school stories you know, I was the kid that didn't get picked, you know, when it was time to play soccer. I'm not like a soccer player, so I didn't get picked. And the teacher would always go out and say, make sure somebody picks James to be on their team. You know, and, and, and people, even though the teacher said that, they, they forget. Like, I didn't get picked, I was still on the sideline. You see, we remind them all of the time. Or, you know, uh, you remember when you were in school and it was Valentine's Day and everybody was gonna get a Valentine. And the teacher told you the day before, she said, make sure you get a, give a Valentine to all your classmates so everybody can feel included and then give your special Valentines. I still didn't get one. I know, I know, I know. Feel my pain, that's there. It's, it's, it's something that's difficult about becoming invisible. Even when we did the exercise earlier, just turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus, Jesus, is all this. And, and you realize that no one really ever turns to you. Even when they were commanded to turn to somebody, they don't, they don't turn to you. And at some point, even though you don't want to say anything and communicate with the person turning to you, you want them to turn to you so that you're acknowledged. Something about the setup that says, hey, you're included and you're invited, but something or someone is denying you from that invitation, like Cinderella, invited to the king's ball, but denied. Why? What kind of spirit is that with the whole Cinderella out? You know, so what happens throughout human history is people clump in groups. And, and I don't want to demonize groups. There's nothing wrong with clumping in your group or, you know, uh, people have the math club for the people who like math, the science club, the dance club. If you're not a dancer, you don't want to be in the dance club. You know, you, know, you have the jocks, who, they, they, they have their club. Old people have a club, young people have a club, children have a club, the Indonesians have a club, the Koreans have a club, the African-Americans have a club, the, Af the uh, Nigerians have a club separate from everybody else. They're the kings of the earth. <laughs> I have not a Nigerian friends. The, the, the point is, is that we all can tend to go to our groups and it's not necessarily a sin, except the more exclusive and internal you become, the more invisible every other group that doesn't stimulate you becomes to you. You just don't see them anymore. And life becomes about 
you're for no more, whatever around you. And so Jesus in the scripture that we're gonna be dealing with today, he's gonna come right into the center point of that and try to give some object lessons. And it'll be easy when you see the character in, uh, that Jesus is uh, uh, pointing to is to distance yourself from some of the things he might be challenging them on. But I'm, I'm asking you uh, sincerely not to distance yourself from this. Not to say that this is someone else he's talking to or maybe that you're the hero in the story. Maybe you're the person that he's trying to bring enlightenment to or adjustment, adjustment to or to speak to your exclusivity versus your you being inclusive. And so let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Luke 14. We're going to start at the 12th verse. I'm going to just read one verse for a second just to set you up for where this is taking place. He said also to the man who had invited him, Jesus um, was invited to a rich person's house. Not just any rich person. This is a person who was a Pharisee, um, a strict keeper of the law, somebody who's very pious and um, somebody who's well-educated. Don't think of these people as it's bad. Think about them as serious. Think about them as so serious that they want to keep all the rules, but they've gotten so myopic, uh, they've gotten so inward, life has become about them instead of about what they can do. And they don't even notice it. Okay? So a lot of times when we identify in Scripture, I don't think that we notice who we become. I don't think that we notice when we need an adjustment. And I love that Jesus is receiving this invitation from his adversaries. These are, these are people that the Scripture said a few moments earlier that were seeking an occasion to, to trick Jesus. They were looking for him to slip up. And yet Jesus finds himself in, those, in that environment. How many environments do you go into when everybody's against you? Typically, the human nature is to avoid environments where everyone's against you, and yet Jesus is walking to environments where everybody's against him. Because our mission, Jesus is showing us that our mission always takes us into places that would typically make us uncomfortable. What makes us comfortable is who sent us. And so it, you, you can see he, he's going there. So let, let's, let's look a little bit more. Let's go back to verse 12. It says, and when you give a dinner, now Jesus is going to, because he's been giving them lessons about what's going on, and, and he's going to tell them stories. So when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends and your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you are repaid. It seems like Jesus from the beginning of this relationship is trying to deal with their thinking, but he's taking it just a step too far. What's wrong with inviting mom and them? Kinfolk, cousin Bobo and Gigi and little mama. What's wrong with being with them? What's wrong with having your brothers come, your comrades, the people of your same ethnic group, your nationality, of your culture, your language, your, 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 the food you love? What's wrong with hanging out with those people who get your jokes before you even get them out your mouth? That's kind of cool. You know? And, and why would you want to leave out your friends? These are my Guys, my girls, if you're girl, you know, these are my people. And obviously, because of the dinner that he's given, he's affluent. Why would he miss out on his neighbors? Rich neighbors? There's somebody too. What's wrong with that? And yet Jesus' point could be missed 
if you don't understand what he's actually saying is, not always your mama them. Not always your, your, your culture. Not always your demographic and your friends and your social circumstances. Sometimes you got to have somebody else there. And the reason is, is because you don't, wanna, you don't want the people you're really trying to serve to just, you don't want it to be an exchange. Like if I serve them, they'll serve me back. You want it to be something far greater. And this is the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach them. And you know this when you go to verse 13 and you see how this conjunction but brings it together. He said, when you give a feast, he said, because I know you're going to do this again. I know you're so hospitable that this is the, your way of life. He said, I want you to invite in return. I want you to invite the, crip, the, the poor, the cripple, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid in the resurrection of the just. He said, who should be at your party is people that you just can't see because they become invisible to you but they're all around you. How do I know? Because Jesus has stood up in a few verses before that and he, he noticed a man who had dropsies, which is a, 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 a water disease being swollen, you know, maybe on just one half of your but everything drooping, but it's all, all swollen, swollen up. And he had these dropsies and, but Jesus notices someone they don't notice and he said, is it lawful for me to heal this man on the Sabbath day or not? And they were all silent. Why were they silent? I didn't nothing to say about Nothing. I don't know who this is. You know, I'm just waiting on the show to end. Jesus heals the man and sends him away. Who was invisible to them is visible to him. How do you know he was invisible to them? Because number one, they allowed the man to be sent away. You know, think about it. Somebody just get healed. How happy are they? How happy are they? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They just ushering him out. Good, brother. Yeah. You know, we're going to party without you now. I mean, hey, great, great. He's healed. Okay, yeah, let's party. Let that man celebrate with you. But Jesus knows their thinking stinks. He needs to get them thinking correctly, thinking differently so they can grow correctly. He said, when you give a feast, okay, verse 14. Uh, nope, let's go to verse 15. So one of those who was reclined at the table heard him saying, he seemed and said, blessed is every man who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. It's always got to have that person at the party that's a little bit drunk saying, yeah, 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 we're going to heaven. He starts praising the group. Thinking that Jesus is commending them instead of Jesus is reproving them. He's, he's stuck in his thinking wrong instead of thinking right. He doesn't show repentance. He doesn't show that there's a change of heart or a change of direction. He just says there's a confirmation that I've always been blind. I'm still blind and I'm inclined to be exclusive more than inclusive. I'm stuck in my ways. But hey, it's a blessed party up in here. Does that sound familiar if you really break it down? Is your life and your thinking and my thinking become so exclusive that you don't even know that you fail many times to be inclusive, even when the broken person is right in front of you? Jesus is so loving knowing that 
He needs to get you to think differently so you can grow correctly. He just says, let me teach further. Verse 16 happens. He said, but he said to them, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to say to those who had been invited, come, everything is now ready. They all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a field. I must go see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, five Ferraris, five trucks. I got five of these things. I got to go test this thing. I got to examine it. I got to test it out. I got to drive it. I got to hang in it. I got to build it. I got stuff to do. Got time to be partying. Please excuse me. Another said, I have married a wife. Let that brother go home. Uh, you're excused. You're excused. I excuse you. His, he can't focus at the party. He said, I, I can't come. <laughs> he didn't say, I didn't want to come. He said, I can't come. All right. And the servant came and reported all things to the master, but the master of the house became angry. Why would he become angry? Because these are the people who had already accepted the invitation. These were the people who had already been, been close to them. These are the people who already know the routine. These are the people he already planned for. He, he could have just got a sheep if they weren't going to come, but he's already killed the fat calf. He's already made a great deal of investment. This is not the time to be backing out, but sometimes the people that are closest to you who have gotten overly familiar with you can dismiss your message all the time. But it's okay, Jesus has been trying to tell them, because there are some people who need your message. He's trying to get them to think differently. But I want you to know something, that the host was angry. That just because there are people around you making excuses, we make excuses, doesn't mean that Jesus is accepting the excuses. Uh, say that. Say that. You can make it. I got my kids. I'm in sports. You know, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. No, I'm not going to say that because I'm going to break somebody's dream. I'm just saying that, that there's the studies about youth sports that take us away because people are chasing something. So your, our spiritual development sometimes competes with athletics. It, it does in my home. I don't know about your home. It does in my home. What a struggle. What a foundation. But it's excuses. We all have them. That means it's not a legitimate thing. It just means that these people had some stuff happening that were preventing them from getting to the table. And for them, it was legit. But for the person who invited them, it was not. He was angry. He's trying to get them to think differently so that they can grow correctly. It's something about letting something be off at your foundation that's really, really, really difficult. Let's look at verse, um, that same verse, the B part of the verse, verse 21. And he said to the servant, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the cripple, the blind, and the lame. It's amazing to me that it, that, that it would seem that the guy didn't have to make a big deal. Why is he making a big deal? People come or not come. He's trying to help them understand that certain people who should have gotten the invitation didn't get it. He's addressing the servants and saying, you need to go out intentionally 
You need to go out quickly and go and bring in the lame, bring in the blind, bring in the cripple. What do all those people have in common? They can't get to the party without help. They can't get there without a ride. One man can't get there without a shoulder to lean on. Another can't get there without a hand to guide. Another this cripple can't barely get there because they can't have, doesn't have use of all their faculties. The poor can't get there. They don't have the resources to actually show up. So yes, they may have received the invitation, but they did not receive the vehicle necessary to actualize or act on that invitation. And the master said, if you're my servant, if you're assigned to me, if you're a slave to me, don't exclude this group. I'm inclusive, I'm not exclusive. You've brought all the people that seem to be included in my socioeconomic bracket, but you've forgotten that my invitation and my love is far reaching as a community resource. And I want you to get to the broken and the lame and the hurting. Maybe, maybe, maybe what happens sometimes is we forget that we were all decrepit at some point. We were all broken at some point. We were all blind at some point. We all all walk with a little bit of a limp at some point and somebody had to invite us and bring us and nurse us and care for us I have not forgotten but I have neglected to return the favor wow. help us, help us. he's got to get you to think differently to grow correctly but guess what he's got to get you to grow go intentionally to solve the problem see if you're a servant that means you know that you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your bodies. You and I are not our own. We're slaves to God. We've willfully surrendered our life to him. We're ambassadors of Christ. We're heralds of the good news. We're cities and lights, preachers. Don't lose your identity. Don't lose your responsibility. Sometimes we forget and think we're throwing the party instead of inviting people to it. Verse 22, and the servant says, sir, what you commanded has been done and yet there's still room. You would think that there are so many of those type of people in the world that, that there would never be too many. In other words, no matter how much effort you make to help that segment of people make it in, there's still going to be room. Yes. I know that when you go back to the party they were having and Jesus had the person he healed with dropsy, it's almost as if they dismissed him because there was no room. He's trying to tell them they always had capacity to welcome that guy in. Do you look through people? Do you look past people? Do you look at people and call it something? In other words, do you look at this picture and say, oh, buildings, Nashville. Do you look at it and say, hot chicken, Krispy Kreme? Or do you look at it and say, people of a city? It's really interesting there. 
And then he says, and the master said, servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be full. See, he needs you to go. He keeps, this is the third time he says go. Intentionally, so you can grow to capacity. There is room in your home. There is room in this church. There is room in your heart. There's room in the kingdom of God. They just need somebody who will go intentionally to them. Compel. In other words, once you finish getting the lame and the blind, he said, go out to Murfreesboro, there's room for them. Go out to Goodlesville, there's room. Go out to Gallatin, there's room. Go to Brentwood and Nashville. And guess what? Then go out of this city and into the country. Then out of the country, into the world, because God has called us to reach the whole world. You need to be going. It's not an option for a servant to go. It's not a, 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 a cute thought for a servant to go. It is a definite command. It is an imperative. It is emphatic. You need to go. You know, the old young spry James Lowe would go so often, would go with such fervor that that word compel means to literally almost force someone. You gotta do this. It's life or death. That's it. You can be healed. Hallelujah. You can be eternally renewed, changed. You'll be invited into relate. You gotta come. I can't leave you. you I, I insist. I'll pay you. I beg you. Just come. I, I, please come. Come. You gotta come. I, I can't leave. I can't drive away. I feel such a conviction. Hallelujah. You see, when you get it that deep, then the person starts saying, man, I, I think I better go. Right, 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 right. You serious about it? I can at least give you one tank, one time. Let me give you this final point, final thought here. It happens in verse 14. Uh, no, I think I'm in uh, 24. But in my notes, I wrote 14 for some reason. I tell you, none of those men who were invited She'll taste my banquet. Let, uh, let that bother you for a minute. Everybody making excuses? They're not in fellowship with me. It just looked like we were family. It looked like we had more in common. They're not going to get it. That guy who was talking earlier about blesses everybody who's gonna go into the kingdom of God. He, did, he didn't get it. He's speaking directly to him. And now he's telling them, this is not a story. You, you, whenever I speak in stories and parables and I was trying to speak and be polite to you, you're not getting it. I'm telling you, you're not going to get into my banquet. You wanna, do you wanna get specific? This is not a story. I'm not playing a game. I'm not, uh, yes, I was being polite, but I can tell that you don't do well with polite messages. You know what? Everything you really want, you don't get when you won't be my servant. You don't want to be inclusive? You want to be with your favorite ethnic group? You want to just stay, who's at your table? Who's at your table? Everybody that makes you comfortable? Do you ever find yourself saying, ooh, I don't like their food, it's kind of stinky. 
And when you, and you will be blessed because you cannot, because they cannot repay you, but you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So what do we need to do? We need to surrender immediately so we can celebrate eternally. Surrender. Not some, but all your life. Surrender to being a servant. Surrender to changing. You know, I, my father, my natural father, uh, who I've only seen five times in my life, um, one time when I got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, in, in, who, you know my, my story, he was, a, he was abusive and caught up in a cult and all that. I don't have time to give that backstory, but this is important. He told me, I called him, I said, man, I gave my life to the Lord, I filled the Spirit. He says, I said, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? His answer was, there's only 144,000 people getting in. You was turning into a good man. I couldn't tell you when I took my place. Wow. Now, that's a severe illustration that was true. But sometimes I feel like that's how we act. Wow. Wow. That casually, wow. like the message that we're carrying has this kind of optional dis dispensing. Like it's not that valuable to somebody who's paralyzed in darkness and wants to get into his marvelous light. The real challenge I'm having is maybe I, James Lowe, have a problem with being more exclusive than inclusive. And maybe like the Pharisees who do so many things well, I, I've gotten so hyper-focused on what I'm doing, my Christianity is a checklist, a checkbox, and my heart seems far from God's heart, and I'm, I'm just doing stuff. But if we go far beyond that, and we can embrace the fact that we need to think differently so we can grow correctly, if we would go like the servants intentionally so we could grow to capacity, then it would bring us to this point that I'm at right now in this service where we can surrender immediately so that we can be celebrated eternally. So maybe what you did in the past is in the past. Maybe the one person you helped or the thing you did or the things that you've accumulated to give you the peace that you're okay, maybe you shouldn't think about those things. Maybe we should think about Who's right around us that needs us? Stand to your feet. I had something happen to me yesterday. It reminded me of this. Air conditioned man came over and he was fixing my air condition and he saw the purple book on the table and he said, he started talking to me about God. I said, can I have one of those purple books? I went and got him a purple book, talked a little bit about God, and left him on his way. It was amazing to me that only this morning as I was reviewing my message, I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, why didn't you ask him if he needed your help to go through the book? And I said, I don't know. 
So at six in the morning, I don't know if he's up or not, I start texting him, writing this long, elaborate text about my availability to introduce him. And not just assume that doing something was enough. And as I think about our church doing the Purple Book, the hundreds of you that are doing it, are we doing that so that we can become more exclusive? Or are we doing it so we can become more inclusive? Are we doing it so that the invisible become visible? Or just so we're just more visible with God and our, and our relationship is deeper? As we transition as a church and our discipleship to doing the Purple Book with another person this month, maybe I need to surrender freshly because my mind missed the guy in front of me that I was supposed to walk through the purple. I missed him. And it was so easy. Now remember, your life groups are full of people you love and they love you and that's not a sin. Remember what he said. Don't always be doing your relatives. Don't always be doing your friends. Having the groups are okay if you don't exclude the others. Why don't we pray together? Lord, help. Help us. I need to see different, be different, think different. Sorry, Jesus, being so exclusive when you're so inclusive. Can you help us always see the lame, always see the blind? Can you help us go and compel people to come in? But Lord, I, I've heard enough to know I can repent. I've already been given the mandate to go. And I've made a lot of excuses as to why I'm excused from that activity. Will you forgive me? Wash me, cleanse me, recalibrate my thinking. I'm willing to surrender immediately so I can celebrate eternally with people who wouldn't be in the kingdom without the words I've given. I want a heart change. I want a breakthrough. I want to be delivered from this mindset, this opposite of yours. I want you to make my heart like yours. I'm too hard-hearted. I'm too blind. Let these eyes see. Let these ears hear. And let this heart obey. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.